this uh, point to record, and I just wanted to um, introduce, um, um, it is my honor, it's my privilege to be able to say I'm introducing my cousin, um, who is um, clear across the world. Um, I'm here in America, she's in the, the UK, um, and putting in work for the Lord along with her a wonderful husband um and so i'm i'm honored to say that they're doing a great work for god and um i love to see um time to time what they post on facebook and uh they go live and they have a wonderful gathering it's international uh, it's uh interracial as well right there's, there's multiple ethnicities um which i i tend to resonate with considering the fact that here in our group, we have Latinos, we have, you know, Asians, uh, Europeans and Americans, so forth, different nationalities and ethnicities. And that's how the kingdom of God is supposed to be, right? Jesus broke down any uh, racial barriers, any ethnic barriers, national barriers, and Jew and Gentile alike are to be included within the family of God. And uh, it is by the spirit, no longer by the flesh. It's no longer a matter of um, carnal circumcision, but rather a circumcision of the heart. And we know that that, of course, is spoken about in John 3, the uh, born again um, experience, regeneration yeah. of the heart. But without further ado, I want to uh, hand it over and, and to uh, my cousin and my sister and the Lord. And uh, I want to say uh, one other thing, too, because I'm very picky about who I allow to speak, as I'm sure you all know. And uh, I'm, I'm doubly honored to say that she's anointed, believes undoubtedly in the gifts, as we speak about often. We're tongue talkers. She's a tongue talker. We believe in casting out demons. She believes in casting out demons. We believe in prophecies. You guys have seen week after week, and, and so does she. And so um, I say that because we believe in the gifts. It's, it's scriptural, right? I know a lot of people want to argue against it, but we're for it. And, um, and so with that said, I want to hand it over to her and, and um, basically give you freedom to uh, minister as the Lord directs. And um, yes. Amen. Well, praise the Lord to everyone. And thank you, Greg, for allowing me this opportunity to be able to be with you. I hope you all can hear me. Did you hear me, Greg? Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, so for me, it's an honor. I've, I've seen a, a couple of your videos that you do. And I say, wow, what a beautiful group that you have of people that are following. So this is wonderful. As Greg has said, we are related because um, um, he is practically down to third, I guess, to cousin. His, his dad was my cousin. I mean, I mean, his grandfather uh, yeah, his dad is my cousin and his grandfather was my mom's sister. So uh, I think it is like that, right? I think we just kind of more or less like that. And so it was wonderful after some time to be able to connect again with him um, and know that we all believe uh, uh, in the powerful name of Jesus, been uh, saved by his grace. And this is wonderful. And um, not only is he my blood relationship, but also in Christ, we are uh, a body and so it's wonderful to be able to join each one of you. And the thing that um, uh, here my uh, my brother cousin has asked me to speak on is on discerning the spirits and the casting out demons. And it's something that is uh, pretty much close to us. Um, 
my heart to say because it's something that we have been operating for for many years now. So I just want to kind of give you a little bit of background. Maybe this would help to understand uh, where I come from or as far as uh, in the operation uh, of the gifts of the spirit. Um, before I even got married many years ago, <laughs> by the way, it's been many years, um, I would notice things, for instance, that uh, I would have dreams and I never really understood the dreams. And so I would begin to have dreams and then I was I was curious. I'm like, why would I have this dream? So I would go talk to my mom about it. I said, mom, you know, I had this dream, really strange. And they were very vivid dreams, very revealing dreams. Um, and so I would share it to her. And then later we would come to find out that actually that dream had come to pass. Uh, I'll give you just one example. For instance, uh, I was dreaming of this couple that I had not seen for a long time. Not a couple that I would see often, but ever so often. Um, and I had dreamt that uh, she was giving birth to a little girl. And in my dream, she was in the hospital and she was dying. And she had written a letter to please take care of her little girl. And she was in a very grave situation. And I remember when I woke up, I mean, there was more to the dream, but this is just kind of the essence of it. I was really disturbed. And I said, mom, I said, you know, I know that for she had been married for years, but she had never had any children. And I didn't know anything that she was even pregnant. So it so happened that same, um, the next day, my mother was in a sector meeting, a meeting that was a, an activity or meeting with all the women within the sector that of our, of our organization. And a woman got up, which was the aunt of her, asking prayers because she was gravely sick. The doctor's said they were going to probably lose her and she uh had given birth to a little girl and um and so she was asking urgently for everyone to pray for her in that minute because she was in the hospital and she had very low uh small chance of life and so it was very right there my mother was able to see that what i had told her the day before that i had dreamt was actually uh, real was actually happening um my mom later went to talk to her aunt that same day, uh, evening and, and told her what I had dreamt exactly in all the details. And the aunt was really shocked because it exactly as I had dreamt, um, it exactly happened. Even back then, to give you understanding, even back then, I didn't realize what God was trying to do in my life. I didn't understand that God was wanting to reveal things to me. I didn't know what to do with it. Sincerely, I had no idea, what do I do with this? Um, so uh, I was quite young at the time, even though I was born and raised as a pastor's daughter, my dad was already pastor and he, he you know, so it, it's not like I had not seen how God uses man, I had, God would use my father in, in, in healings and miracles and casting out demons, but the actually, uh, speaking about the uh, the gifts of the spirit or actually how they function, it was never really taught. So myself, I was really kind of naive to all this. I didn't know what to do with this. So in time, I just began to, I remember mother, mother would say, okay, now that she would see that things would happen, she said, well, let's pray. She would always say, let's go pray for this situation. But I never considered that God was actually placing his gifts in my life. Um, so people ask, is that is dreams one of the gifts? 
in a sense, the uh, dreams is not one of the gifts. There's nine gifts, but it comes together with revelation, which is word of knowledge that God can give you. So dreams can come in that form, which um, we can probably talk another time or Greg has already talked to you about word of knowledge is there's different ways that you can get word of knowledge. Word of knowledge should come for uh, the Lord can speak into your spirit. And there's another way that you can have a vision or you can have a dream or um, it's, it's, um, it's a spontaneous thing. So word of knowledge could come through different means. And one is it could be dreams as well. So in that time, I had no knowledge that God would have actually given me the, the gift of word of knowledge. So time went by, I got married, I married a pastor, I moved to Italy, he was an Italian. And uh, it was about uh, maybe had been about a year or so that we had already been pastoring. And in an occasion, uh, there was uh, a conference for all the pastors and their wives and ministers, let's just put it this way, ministers and their wives in uh, Italy. And in one of our sessions, in one of the ladies in the minister's wife session, there was a preacher that had come in from, they had brought someone from out. And um, I had felt an uneasiness, in my, not an easiness in the bad way, but I felt like something was about to happen, something was about to occur. And I just didn't understand what was it. It was like my spirit, there was just some moving in my spirit of something was going to occur. And and so the the missionary at the time came in and said, okay, you know, it's the time's up, whatever. And, and so they said, all right, let's pray. And, and everybody been praying. And then everybody started leaving. And I thought, well, what is this that I'm feeling? And suddenly the missionary and the, that preacher came back in and says, wait, everybody, let's go back in. And, and he says, you know, while we are praying, the Lord revealed something to me. And he pointed to me and he says, sister, I saw upon you placed above your heads different stones precious stones some were bright and big and some were smaller and immediately I, I I was pulled back because I didn't understand it I was like what does that mean <laughs> I was in that phase of I don't know what that means so immediately he gave the interpretation of that and the interpretation was those stones represents the gifts of the spirit he said God has placed the gifts of the spirit of you and, and it was not very common for somebody to have practically all the gifts of the spirit placed in their life. And that was the beginning where I began to understand what, what actually was happening in my life. Why back in the years before God was actually giving me dreams and, and the, you know, revealing things to me. And so in that time, that's when uh, the missionary said, you know what, God used him greatly also in that area. And he became my mentor to say, he began to teach me. He gave me all this, uh, material to to te- uh, to learn about and to and one of the things he said you need to read and reread listen and listen again until you have it so set into you because you have to know how these function because it's it's very essential to know exactly about the gifts of the spirit so that was kind of the beginning of the understanding of all that now let's go back when I we started pastoring or my husband was start pastoring he started pastoring before I even got married but one of the things that he had was from the north and he took a church in the south of Italy um and in that area which is called Calabria in that area people are very uh well just just say Italy in general is but especially more to the south people are very superstitious so they go and they go to um witches 
um, they don't call them witches many times, but they'll call them uh, the old lady to say, or the old man. And mostly they go to them, you know, to ask them to give them to some type of protection against the evil eye, because that's mostly what they're all. They're just very superstitious about the evil eye, it's called. So, you know, if somebody looks at them wrong, then something's going to happen to their life. So they go to these, these witches, uh, which many would call them witch doctors, and they would do some seances and, and then give them some charm, a charm. That's why it's very careful as Christians, be careful. Don't be using charms. People go around, oh, th this is my charm. That comes from the enemy. They would give them charms to take to their house and put under the pillow or whatever the situation was. If that family was going through accidents and danger of death and go to protect against death and whatever it was. So through the ministry, I mean, the first church was actually our school of preparation. That's actually where it was kind of thrown at us, thrown into our face of how to begin to um, understand the spiritual realm and how it operates. So the gift that the Lord had given my husband and myself was uh, one of them was called discerning of spirits and which we're, we're going to talk about today. So uh, just to give you understanding, my husband and I have been married 31 years. So you can imagine how many years <laughs> it has been since we have been operating in the, you know, the gifts of discerning spirits and the other gifts. But that was actually our school. We've, you know, where we were attacked constantly, where literally I was seeing demons. I was able to see demons and how they operate and how they tried to come into our home and literally came to our home and many other things. So, I, I mean, I can start sharing those things as we go through. But this is, I just kind of wanted to give you a little bit about myself so you understand where I come from and, and, and also, um, the uh, experiences and how many you know years of experience and in in that area so also i don't know i regret if you know of course you can also interrupt me and, and ask me questions or whatever and if i don't know if you if you allow your your people to ask questions but you, you decide um i don't want this just to be a, a one talk okay so you we can interact any way you want okay yeah yeah sure so uh we'll, we'll um we'll do questions at the end Okay. Um, it, yeah, if anyone has any questions, we'll, we can ask them at the end. And I would also, um, you know, like I had mentioned, uh, I want to give you liberty if, if in fact you feel led to pray for anybody or, yeah. or anything uh, in that sort. Um, but yes, yeah, so because um, I, I don't want your flow to mess up. I, you know, I, I like the flow. And so, um, yeah, but we'll leave questions there at, at the end. So, um, yes. Okay, that, that's fine. Amen. Okay, well, let's uh, let me uh, begin, um, I guess, just kind of giving you um, what discerning the spirits is. I'm sure that uh, Greg has been able to uh, explain these things to you, but I'm going to just, we're just going to go through it kind of way. So discerning the spirits is perception and judgment of right from wrong. It's awareness of demonic spirits and infection. It gives you perception as to what spirit can be influencing, oppressing, and even dominating or possessing someone or even an environment, not necessarily just in a person, but also the environment that we may be in. Um, it also gives you the knowledge of what spirit is motivating somebody into action. God can also open your spiritual eyes 
uh, to see the demonic spirits in action, as I mentioned earlier, as well as seeing ministering angels sent by God. In times that we are living in, the gift of discerning spirits is most needed. Um, the Apostle Paul said something. He said, seek the greatest gift. And, and to him, the Apostle Paul was prophecy. And, 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 and I, you know, I would never contradict what Apostle Paul said. And I believe powerfully, I mean, I believe with all my heart that prophecy is one of, is the greatest gift because he's seek it. But in my experience, the second thing that we need and the, the most important thing we need as Christians, especially in the times that we are in right now, is discerning of spirits. Because we are up against the enemy in such a powerful way. The spirit of Jezebel has filtrated our churches. The spirit of Jezebel is not just in the political realm, but it's actually has is in the spiritual realm, meaning to come in the in our churches. So the spirit of Jezebel is a very powerful spirit. Even the prophet Elijah could not destroy or could not completely take her out. It had to be God at his timing to take Jezebel, the queen Jezebel out. But the spirit, when it makes a reference of the spirit of Jezebel, it means that same type of person is even in the church today, as we can find in Revelations, that talks about that when he says, one thing I have against you, one of the churches is that you tolerate, tolerate that woman Jezebel. And it means they're tolerating that spirit. So that's why to me, the second most important gift that the church needs to desire or ask for is discerning the spirits because of the way the enemy is operating in these last days. The Bible says that Satan knows that he has but a short time. And because he has a short time, he is coming against us in with such fury, the Bible says, with such anger, with such a uh, coming against us. So then we need to discern what is in our environment, what is happening around us. So we know how to operate, how to um, come against that. And um, so if we don't know that, if we don't discern the spirits that are trying to filtrate the church, then we're on a losing ground immediately when it comes to spiritual warfare immediately we're actually going to be losing ground here so many christians are being also seduced by demonic spirits and 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 also how their relationship with christ should be people say well christians are not uh, cannot be uh, possessed by demons well actually they can be <laughs> they can be and people will say contrary says no because the spirit of god is in well if you open the door if you give access to the enemy of course, by giving him access, you're also giving him um, what called the, the the power to be able to come in and torment your life in different ways. And because of that, why are they? Why are Christians being um, seduced by demonic spirits? Because they tolerate the woman Jezebel. And so, by tolerating, um, what happens? Then we allow the spirits to begin to affect our life and affect our families. And the church. In First Timothy 4 1, it says the spirit claims to say that in latter times some will bind them to faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now it's talking about Christians. It's not talking about the people of the world. It says that they will abandon the faith, meaning they were Christians and they will follow these deceiving spirits. These deceiving spirits are through people, and these people are being taught or being they are uh satan's um 
prophets to say. They are uh, Satan's um, uh, men or women that are filtrated in the church. And the Apostle Paul was in, of course, we know who he's talking about. He wasn't talking about anyone else. He was talking to the Corinthians and he was telling them, you need to beware of them. It says, uh, for there are false apostles, uh, deceitful workers. And the Bible says that he said, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. They will actually make people believe that they are are apostles of Christ. No wonder for Satan himself transformed himself into Satan, uh, angel of light. Therefore, it is no greater thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to the work. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 13 to 15 say. So Satan and his demons are working nonstop to seek and to destroy the church of God. And we see how many churches are falling under the enemy's influence and they're ignoring what a truly what is truly happening in the spiritual realm. Um, I have seen it. I have um, gone to many churches and I have seen how the enemy can work to destroy. Um, why? Because they're they're ignoring or, or they're not they don't have their spiritual eyes open to see what is actually happening. When the church denies demonic influence in the churches, then the word of God becomes evidence, as he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from being priests for me. That's where you can find that in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It's so important that we, as people of God, have knowledge and understanding of what is happening around us, how the enemy works. Now, the greatest deception, you know, listen to this, is very important. The greatest deception that Satan has used since the Garden of Eden was to convince man that they didn't have to fear God. Remember when Satan told Eve and, and he said unto her, you shall surely not die. Remember that part he told her? So in essence, he was saying, you don't have to fear God. He's not going to do what he said. I mean, he really doesn't mean that. That's what he was saying. I mean, how could he do that? How many times do you hear that? Well, how could he do that? Or uh, he would never do that to his creation. He would never do, kill uh, Adam or Eve. He cannot create something that he created into his image and likeness. Humankind continues to fall into the same trap today because people say, oh, God would never do that because he loves us too much. God would never do this. But remember that God not only loves, but God is a just God. God is a God of righteousness. God is a God that, ex that expects us to walk in holiness, to understand that, and to fear him. Now, what will separate us from this is the pride. Pride is a sin that entraps a believer. And because of this deception, believers believe that God will obey their commandments. Do what I say. So what happened to the fear of God and his sovereignty? What happens to just what... Um, Brother Greg uh, prayed at the end, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. What was a famous prayer that Jesus said that they were to pray? This is one of the things that when we pray, we always have to say, Lord, that your kingdom come, but your will be done. Let, let this, Lord, whatever I ask of you, but let it be your will. As you have already established in heaven, let that be your will also on earth. Let that be your will in my life. Let that be your will uh, within my family. Many times people want to take that 
kind of out of context that God will do everything. And they kind of look at him as like the big daddy, bad daddy will never say no to me. But it's important that we understand that the fear of God is important, especially when it comes to um, casting out demons, especially when we understand that it's so important to have that humility. When we recognize that God is sovereign, then we also remember the scripture, what it says in Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, when it says, for your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither ways are my ways. Uh, remember that scripture was a you know, very famous scripture. So you may be asked, well, why am I saying all this is when it comes to speaking on the gifts of discerning spirits and casting out demons? Well, the answer is very simple. When we are praying for a demon-possessed person, it's important that we understand, above all things, that God is sovereign. He is omniscient. So what does that mean? That he knows the past, he knows the present, he knows the future of the person who is who we're praying for, who needs the deliverance. And we must allow his spirit to guide us how to pray and when to pray. You know, we prayed for many demonic uh, people that were possessed or oppressed or under the influence, uh, to say, of a, a demonic spirit. And, you know, it's, it's not been a few, but it's been many that we have prayed for. And one of the things that I have learned in all of this time is we can never um, do according to, oh, my experience is this. Many times we have to wait on the Lord to, to know exactly when or um, how to do it. And I'm going to kind of give you those points in just a little bit. So it's important to know how Satan and his following angels operate. That's really important that we understand that. So when we understand how they operate and also the hierarchy of the kingdom is God and his angels, and then we know how Satan and his demons, how they operate in the order that there is in heaven, the order there is in the demonic realm, if we understand that order and we understand that above all things, God is the sovereign God and that we must depend on him no matter if his spirit is in us and he gives us power to cast out demons. It's still we need to have that reverence and fear of God, knowing that everything is his hands. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, it says, put on the whole arm of God that you be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And it's not only talking about in your personal life, but also when you're operating in the gifts. It's important that we have the full armor of Christ. So we have of God, and because the Bible says very clear, well, we wrestle not against flesh or blood, but against principalities. Principalities are the princes of the regions, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual weakness in high places. And I'm going to also uh, talk a little bit about that, or we can do that in another time. But I want to mention how important it is to also understand the hierarchy in that world to be able to then, when we're casting out demons, to know what demon we are dealing with. Okay. Now, um, here's some points that I kind of want to share with you that I think may be important. One of the things that people um, are ignorant of, let's not, of course, everybody, I'm talking generally, people can be very ignorant of this, is when you don't respect the spiritual realm, meaning the angelical and the demonic, and we think that there's no reason to respect because God is in us. No, there is an, an urgency and importance for us to respect. And I'm going to go on 
and I'm going to talk about that. Number two is certain demons can only come out through prayer and fasting. And we know that because what Jesus said in Mark 9, 28 and 29, when if you go back to see that story, you will see that. The third point is because Jesus doesn't always operate in the same manner according to our standards. Um, that's really important also to understand. In all these years that I have, we have worked in the demonic world, we have come to find that out as well. Hearing, uh, another point is hearing God is the key to successfully cast out demons. Remember, you it's not because of you, it's not of you, it's not your experience, but the key is being alert to the voice of God, being alert uh, to what he is showing you. Now, having the gifts of discerning the spirit is that through the gift, God speaks to you and tells you exactly what demon you are dealing with, meaning the name of the demon, what type of demon this is um, that you're dealing with. The other point is you have to always be humble of the power that has been given unto you to cast out demons. The Bible said that you are not to rejoice because of that. And we're going to also talk about that, how that's very important and very key for us. Another point that is very, uh, very, very, very important, I think it's one of the most important things is this, is that you need to be careful on laying hands so easily on people. First Timothy 5.22 says, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partakers of other men's sin, keep thy sight pure. And I'm going to also speak on that, which is really important. And the question is, who can be delivered? Now, the question of people, everybody can be delivered. Well, yes, everybody can be delivered. But there's a but to that. And so we're going to also go to that. So let's go uh, back to point one, what we're mentioning about respecting the spiritual realm. If um, I don't know if you everybody have the, the word of God, if you have it before you and if we can go to first uh, Peter or second Peter, I'm sorry, um, chapter two, verse um, 10 and 11. And if you can uh, follow me on that area, it'd be great. So we can see what the word of God says in that, that place. Amen. It says, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuously are they self-willed and are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Now it says, well, what is it? You're talking about authorities. Well, this is where in verse 12, I mean, verse um, 11, it's making reference of these dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord. And if you go on to understand what it's talking about, it's literally talking about the demonic world. So if angels, which are greater in power, meaning greater in power of the demons, greater power of these principalities and power of this world, if they are greater, not even themselves, do they bring railing accusations against them before the Lord? Even the angels respect that spiritual realm. And many people say, I, you know, I've had people come and question me, but sister, how, how come you're saying we need to respect them? The angels understand the, the respect that there is to have and not because they respect him in the sense that you and I can understand I respect them because I have this reverence no it's respect to what who they are and the powers that they have the powers that they have been given the day will come when all those powers be stripped away and they will be sent in hell forever and forever 
Remember that. But now, during this time, they have the powers to operate because man gives them that power in sense that they open the door to that also. And God is allowing this. The other scripture that you can find is in Jude. We can read that also. If we go to Jude uh, verse 8 and 9, and it says, Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Okay, yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him. And it's talking about this dignity. I'm talking about demonic power, which was at the time we knew what it was a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, Michael, the archangel Michael, the Bible says he's a prince, okay? We're talking about the heavenly beings. He being a prince was dealing with the prince to say the enemy himself said he would not even bring, he would not, the Bible says that he would not even um, uh, bring any accusations against him. So he just said, the Lord rebuke you. So this is what I say that is so important that we understand the spiritual realm. And when we, we understand the spiritual realm, we're going to also understand the respect or the, the understanding of who we are working with. And never think in our hearts to be greater. The only reason that we have power is because the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Meaning that Christ in us gives us the authority, gives us the power, but it's because of it is through Christ, not because of us. So that's the point that's very important for us to understand. I, I want to give you an example. There were some missionaries that went to the country of um, Thailand. And if anybody's ever, you know, kind of investigate or I don't know, maybe somebody we even went to Thailand. One of the things that you will see in, in the Indonesia and all those areas is that people are very devoted to the gods. The Hinduism, Hinduism is very powerful in Thailand. So, um, for instance, my daughter and my son-in-law, they went to Indonesia for their honeymoon. And practically at every corner of the street or every block, there's at least, you know, God in a, a temple in the first part of the block and another temple on the other side, and then at the end of the block. There is a temple for every Hindu God, for it's more than 300,000 uh, or more than that um, gods. They have so many gods. So these missionaries went to this country. And this missionary, the wife of the missionary, she put up, she took pictures of the gods and she laughed about it. She goes, oh, look at these people. They, they really believe in these gods. And she was mocking it. And I became fearful in my spirit for what she was doing. Because I know and I understand these scriptures for what the Lord has also revealed to us. So I wrote to her and I said, listen, I'm going to give you some. I hope that I you know, can help you understand the spiritual realm is never mock these spirits. Do not mock them because they are powerful. And, and if we mock them, you know, we're kind of going against the word of God. So um, you need to have an understanding of who they are without mocking them. Not even the angels mock them uh, because they're not. You open the door for the enemy to begin to attack you. She wasn't very happy at my response. And of course, rejected it. Immediately after that, she began to suffer physically with 
the most excruciating headaches. They prayed for her. She went to go see doctors. She went back to the U.S. Um, many people prayed for her, but she never received any liber- liberation from that. And I knew exactly what it was. First of all, because she mocked. And when she was um, advised to be careful with that and also come into a type of repentance, say, Lord, forgive me for mocking, you know, cover me with your spirit, Lord God, cover me with your blood um, and understand what she was up against it because she refused. Then that was the door that remained open, no matter how many people can pray for me. Now, how many people are using the gift? That's why that's one of the things that I say you have to be you have to be alert to the enemy to to the lord i'm sorry of how the enemy is operating because the lord can reveal to you he says it's useless for you to pray for that person for that demon because demons are not going to leave or that headache is not going to go away because the root of this is then the lord will reveal to you what is the root of this for the person then to come to repentance ask god to forgive them and then in one moment that demon is gone because there's a root to the reason of this. So that's why in not all cases, work we just immediately just start praying for somebody and then, okay, they're done, they're delivered. But then I go back and there's, oh, well, there's more issues. Why are there more issues? Because maybe we didn't attack or we didn't go and find the root of this. Um, so these, uh, this is very important that we understand this point here, meaning that we have to have a response of the spiritual realm in both areas if the angels respect the demonic realm how much more us as christians so the more we understand the spiritual realm and how it operates then we depend more on god and how to to go about the second point that i wanted to make reference is that not all demons come out easily and that's going back to what i was saying at the end there are more powerful demons, which I'll call the powerful principalities, um, that possess individuals. And one of the things is, is the word of God says that we there are certain things that need to come out through prayer and fasting. If remember, uh, there was this bo- a little boy that would be foaming in his mouth and, and, and trying to hurt his own self, throwing himself in the fire and water and trying to destroy him. And the demons tried to deliver him, but they weren't able to. So what did Jesus said? Of course, he became angry with them. And then he, they later on, of course, Jesus delivered the boy. But then the disciples asked the Lord in private, why were we not able to deliver this boy? Because they had already been used in casting out demons. It wasn't the, their first time. It wasn't their first rodeo, as it, somebody says. They had already been used by God when God sent them out two and two to go and, and, and uh, speak the gospel of the kingdom of God. And to go, the Bible says that Jesus told them, go and cast out demons and go heal the sick. So they were, they had the experience, but they said, well, why were we not able to, to, on this one, with all the experience we had, why not? And then Jesus said, because there are some things that only can come out through prayer and through fasting to receive that power from above. So that's also one of the things that you say, well, why am I not able to pray for this? But what's going on? Well, going to prayer and fasting. Prayer is such an important part of uh, our ministry is, is prayer. God will begin to reveal through prayer and fasting exactly what is happening. You will have the re- revelation like that when you go into that and you say, okay. And not only that, that when you do come back and begin to pray for that person, 
I mean, those demons already feared you because they know that you will recognize you know who they are and also the power of God and anointing is upon you for them, for that individual then to be freed. The third point is God knows the individuals and the best way to intervene. You know, in some cases, it's not even necessary. In just some cases, I'm not talking about there's depends how the Lord is guiding you um, not to just rebuke the spirits because maybe that person has gone through a lot. That person has already gone through so many people praying and they're being, you know, rebuking demons. And it seems like he could never completely be freed. There are some cases uh, that the Lord just says, just sit down there, just quietly put some soft Christian spiritual music in the background and just let the spirit of God and just some singing, some soft, you know, nice singing and just, just let the spirit of God begin to move. And other cases that for the person to read the scriptures and to begin to read themselves, the word of God, where then the demons then began to uh, leave that person. Um, there's different ways in which God operates in a person. There's people that are so fearful. They, they, they live such a fearful life that even the fact of a demon manifesting uh, or coming out of them is so fearful. God has his way. God is such a powerful God and also a God that knows all things that he has his way of dealing with us. Um, there was in a case where um, one of our um, a young man, he was, he was a Christian. He had been filled with the Holy Ghost. And um, <clears throat> he was pretty new to say, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost in one of our um, our youth camp or yeah youth camps. And he was just so excited for the Lord. And I noticed that a young girl from his church, because it was churches that came together. And I noticed that a young girl from his church was after him. She liked him, which was not nothing wrong with it. It was perfectly fine. But the Lord um, puts place something in my heart to go and tell him. And I says, um, I need you to listen to me and I need you to put this in practice at least for a year or two, especially two years. No falling in love with anybody. Don't, don't, um, don't, don't have, try to have any, uh, relationship with, with somebody else right now. You need to fall in love with Jesus such a way you need to have a strong relationship with Jesus. You need to discipline your life because before he came to the Lord, one of the things that he and his brothers and father and uncles, I mean, there was like a generation of, of alcoholism. I mean, there was a generation of continual alcoholism that God had delivered him from. I said, you know, you are used to drinking and partying and just going out with any girl you wanted in your past. And I said, now you're going to have to discipline your flesh, discipline it by not, by, by saying no to right now to, to the flesh. And I want you to learn to discipline your body, learn to discipline yourself. Um, and in time, when you have learned to discipline yourself, then you'll be ready for a relationship. One of the things is come to find out that the young people of their church, and after he was telling me, you know, Sister Drusilla told me this and la la. And they're like, ah, you don't have to listen to that. It's okay. She's a Christian. So he decided to follow the flesh and start listening to them. And it so happened, I get a phone call one day at my house, and it was him on the phone. And I can tell that he was drunk. He had called, and he's, he's asking for my husband. And my husband had just left, and I told him he wasn't here. So I said, were you drinking? I'm going to call him Chris. Chris, were you drinking? Are you drunk? 
And he's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden he starts saying, uh, I want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. And he just started going on and on. And I did something that probably for many people would be like, what? <laughs> I said, okay, that's fine. Now I want you to explain to me exactly how you're going to do it. I want you to take me through the whole process because when you do, I'm going to be able to tell your family exactly how you died. And I said, and before that happens, I want to warn you, though, you're going to go to hell. I said, Satan is waiting for you. That's why. And I said, and let me explain to you how hell is. And when I, of course, I made this big story, what happened was fear came on him. And he started crying. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. So this kind of provoked him into not wanting to die for the end. So then it began that I, I told him, okay, I want you to, um, I want you to go and I want you to go see if you have any beer bottles with you still. And that's what he was drinking was beer. And he said, I have one left. I said, okay, go, go open it up. And I, and I could hear him. And then I said, I want you to throw it in the, throw, throw it out in the sink. And he did. And I said, now I want you, because then he started saying, I want to drink. I want to drink. And I said, okay, I'll make you drink. Go get the tallest glass that you have in your cupboard. And he did. And he says, now what? I said, fill it up with water. And I made him drink. I said, you're going to drink seven glasses of that. By the time he came to sick, he said, I can't anymore. And he's wanting to vomit. I said, yeah, perfect. That's what I want you to do. And I go vomit and I could hear him. When he came back, I said, okay, now he's, he began, he turned around and he started crying and shaking. And he said, there's a man sitting in my living room. And I just, I said, describe him to me. And he described to me that it was a, a man all dressed in black, dark, uh, with a black hat, everything cloak black. And I told him, that's a demon that was waiting for you to take you to hell. And so I asked him to get the Bible, the word of God. And I mean, the Lord has guided me in this whole thing. Like, you'll get the word of God and open to Psalms 51, and I want you to start reading. And so he began to read, and he's crying and crying. And I just keep reading. And I just kept having to read the word of God. And suddenly, he just vomited all out. He was relieved. He was crying. And I asked him, now, I want you to turn back to see if that man is there. And he said, the man is gone. And I could hear in his voice that he was freed. So I had him put the phone down. I called his family. I said, go get your your." your brother there at the house. And um, then we, because my husband was supervisor for the churches in Spain, we went and drove to that church in, in the, the city to meet up and have an encounter with the young man and the young people. And, um, and so that experience to tell you, that was one of those times I, I didn't rebuke the demon. I allowed for the word of God to deliver this young man that was happening. He was being, he had, you know, from drinking alcohol for that spirit of fear of suicide and everything. I didn't call the demon out. The word of God was the one that did that. He never, ever in all the years later, never returned to drinking. And one of the things that I was, uh, you can imagine myself, I was so upset at not just the young people, the young lady, and when I would talk to them, I, I even um, told them that it, they were responsible for this because they were not being subject to the authority or to the, to the word that God had placed in me for him. And as I told the young lady, I said, I did this for him, but I did that for you. 
because imagine the first fight this is what what happened was that she got him jealous and so because of that he went and got drunk i said this is exactly what's going to happen in the marriages if you would have married him he would every fight you would have he would leave the house and go get drunk so this is a case where i i had the experience where i didn't pray for the person but i allowed the word of god to bring deliverance into his life now is it always the case it's not going to always be the case because it's the Lord that will guide you in all this. Uh, so there's other cases where where somebody is just in such a rage of a moment. You want to pray for that person, but the Lord says, no, just love them. Just put some music on them. Just put some, just sit there. And 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 with the Christian music behind, I mean, we're not talking about great, you know, hard music, but just beautiful music like uh, Brother Greg put in the beginning. Beautiful music, just the spirit of God. And little by little, that person, that spirit that's that's tormenting that person will just die down. It's not always a case. There's a case where you will pray for a person. Um, in a case where I was in a conference, in a national conference, I was a, one of the keynote speakers in one of the conference rooms where um, this lady at, at the end of the altar call, um, I saw a group of women hanging tight onto this uh this lady that she looked like she was going to beat them up and they were trying to hang on to her and they were tr praying with her and i realized that they didn't know what to do with her and when i came near her the lord told me there's a spirit that is tormenting her there's a tormenting spirit so i asked everybody just let go they're like sister she's going to start hitting everybody i said it's okay just let her go and so then i just pulled her by the neck i pulled her close to me and i was just rebuke that spirit of tormenting spirit in her life and I said leave right now and as soon as I said that she fell to the ground and she was delivered of that demon so this is what I'm saying when you learn to listen to the voice of God <clears throat> he will guide you in exactly how to operate in the gifts he will tell you what is the spirit also in this case um he will reveal to us the name of the demon, the, the demonics. What is the name that that demon that is in her? There's so many demons and there's so many um, um, uh, uh, the demons have a name. They can be uh, a demon of depression, of anxiety, uh, of suicide, a lying demon, uh, uh, many demons. There's, there's a lustful demon. A, a demon that has a, a, the shape of a serpent and uh, all the, the sins that you can imagine, the sins, these demons operate in that area. So when the Lord reveals to you, he will tell you exactly. Um, and, and also there's, there's cases where you're in church and the Lord tells you there's, this person is being, has a demon of this. I was in a church and um, in this church, we are visiting, we're in the U S and, um all of a sudden during the service the lord said there's a witch in the house and it was very surprising to me because the environment was a beautiful environment the music the, the people beautiful and so i i began to pray and the lord i could feel the person that there was somebody behind me i knew that it was a deep uh, the witch because i could feel it um that the person recognized so i turned to look at the person turned back and I, when I turned back, I, the Lord showed me who that person was. And immediately I watched, I looked into the eye and that person looked into my eye and that person recognized, it was a lady. She recognized that I knew 
that she was a witch. And I began to pray um, against anything that she was had come to do because they come to curse the church. They can act like they're speaking in tongues and they're cursing. And everybody, oh, she's been filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, no, she's actually speaking in demonic tongues and she's cursing the church. So if people do not discern the spirit, they're thinking, oh, let that let them keep speaking in tongues. Oh, wow, praise God. And they're rejoicing without having understanding because of no discernment that that demon is only cursing. And then afterwards, they see the consequences of things began to happen in church, sickness, illnesses, fornication, adultery, um, problems with money, etc. Everything just starts falling apart. Why? Because the demon was given liberal access to curse the church. And that's why it said it's so important that we have discerning of spirits. It's extremely important. One of the things that I pray, I said, Lord, if this woman has come to bring uh, to cause to curse the church, shut her mouth. And I began to pray against that. And I said, Lord, if she's come because she's literally seeking to be delivered, and I says, then that opportunity be given. And um, as I was praying, and after a while, I felt like and it, it was done. And I turned back and she was gone. The lady had completely left the church. So the purpose that she was there for, she could not do it. Why? Because I, I was able to discern, I recognized it, and I, I prayed against it. I didn't go to her. Remember this, this is really important also, that you don't cause disorder to church. I didn't go to her and start praying for her because it was during the time of worship. I was not going to give her or the devil, the enemy, the demon, I was not going to give them protagonism. I was going to put them out so that everybody can see no. I was not going to do that. It was not the time. That's another thing too. Was important the timing, the time to do things is very important. So I did that in my chair, and I wore I, I warred in the spirit. I began to do warfare in the spirit against that. There was no need to go lay hands on her. No need to go pray for her. There was no need that. After a little bit, she was gone. She did not come back to that church. That's another thing why it's so important. Um, to the points that I'm, I'm, I'm giving to you at this point. And that's why I said, not all times things have to go according to we, we, the way we think. Um, the other point is this, um, is one of the th points when I mentioned when it says that we have to be very careful in laying of the hands when Apostle Paul said in Timothy this. Now, um, why is that? The danger is called the danger of of infection. Now, um, when we're not careful and we begin to lay hands on everyone, we can fall into one of the, the, the problems of being infected spiritually. And he says, well, how could you be infected? Because first of all, you're not being sensitive to the spirit of God. Um, you then, that's why he says, and later on, you, you be careful not to become partakers. That's why he says, neither be partakers of other men's sin, but keep yourself pure. It is very dangerous for you to fall into that. There are men and women that should not lay hands easily on someone unless the Lord tells you to. Now, you have to be sensitive to be ready if the Lord says, do not lay your hands on that person. And one of the cases that I, I, I give, and I, later on, I'm going to 
put the link down if anybody would like to um, order my book, is this, is that there was a, demon, a woman that was demon possessed uh, that come to visit our church. And um, so after being, finding out, I mean, she was, she had many demons in her. There was not one. She had many demons in her since she was a little girl. She had been dedicated to um, this uh, uh, satanic cult uh, since she was a little girl. She would be taking all the time to get the washing and the cleansing, as they call it, uh, continuously. So she had many demons and it was of a generation. She came to our church and um, so my husband seen the situation had asked me and she goes, go visit her. And I want you to find out about her, but do not pray for him. My husband doesn't normally say, don't pray for somebody. Um, so, you know, he, he usually, when it comes to women, and many times he'll say, you go pray for her, get some woman that, you know, and you guys go pray for her deliverance. In this case, it takes somebody with you, but do not pray for her. Just go find out what's, what's going on with this woman. That's when we found out all the information about her. But while I was there, the demon manifested and began to speak through her. And because I was given the order by my husband not to pray for her, Satan, the demons knew that. So why, why did they manifest? Because they wanted to see if I was going to stay, uh, I was going to remain obedient to the, um, to the order that I was given. So immediately I told the demon, I'm not going to deal with you today. Not one of your demons. I'm not the, the demon that was speaking. I'm not going to deal with you. So I command you in Jesus name. Shut up. Don't speak to me. Allow the girl to speak. And so the girl would begin to speak again. And also the demon start. I said, I said, you're going to shut your mouth right now in Jesus name. I'm not going to deal with you. So she came to church again. And so one of the things that I talked to her is this. I said, do you want to be delivered? And she said, yes. I said, will you, will you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And she wasn't willing. So we could not pray for her deliverance if she was not going to accept Jesus Christ as her Savior. And I'm going to give you more information on that. But one of the, uh, during the week services, um, she came to the altar and she was like, she looked like a little scared girl. And she was like this. And my husband began to pray for people in the altar. Um, but he didn't touch her. And so when we got back home, I asked my husband, I said, I noticed that you didn't pray for her. I said, is there a reason why? And he said, yes. He says, because when I came near her, the Lord revealed to me that she had a lustful spirit. And if I would have touched her, she would have got excited, sexually got excited. She had that mode of manifester. So I was not going to be, I was not going to allow that. And so one of the things was this, is that the Lord warned him. And the Lord said, don't touch her. If he would not have listened and been obedient to the spirit of God, he would have just said, well, I'm a man. I'm, a, I'm an anointed man of God. I have the power of me. I'm going to go ahead and touch her. He would have allowed that demon to sexually begin to touch him and go look and, and touch man. That spirit would have been, there would have been infection. It would have infected my husband. It would have affected anybody else that was weak and anyone else in that church. Why? Because he was not being obedient to the spirit of God. Pride would have, you know, if he would have been pride first, says, well, I have the experience. I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for many years. I know what I'm doing. Pride is one of the worst things to be able to operate in the gifts of the spirit. That's the worst thing to be able to do is never have pride because pride is your downfall. It will, it will destroy you. And so he said, I was not going to allow that. So he was protecting himself 
and at the same time protecting the church. And, um, and it was really interesting because that exactly the first time that I prayed for her because she manifested at church, I prayed for her, I took her to the back and I prayed for her. What she was trying to do, she had such a, a lustful spirit that she was calling men. She was come. She was saying, come, come. And I had to push people away. I had to tell men to get away from the area. I even had to push away her boyfriend. I says, get out of here right now because that spirit was so powerful. It was just a powerful spirit. That's why I say in cases, we need to be very careful in how and how quick we lay hands on people. There's many times there's no need for it. There's other times there is a need for it. God will guide you in that area. That's why Apostle Paul said, be careful not to lay hands so easily on people. Um, so one of the things that also is really important for us to remember is the part when um, how we need to be humble about the power that's given to us and not re rejoice because of that. If you guys can remember the scripture in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 and 20, um, the, when the 70 had returned, they had come back and they were just so joyful and, and they had gone two and two and God had given them authority. They returned. They were so excited. They say, Lord, even the devil are subject unto us through thy name. Remember, they said they're subject to us as in thy name. And yes, it's only through the name of Jesus. We And then Jesus, what did he tell them? Rejoice not that the demons are subject unto you, but rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So Jesus was practically saying, I've given you power for that. Through my name, I've given you power to cast out devils, but don't rejoice because of that. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Because when we begin to rejoice that we have this power that God has given us, that is how easily the enemy can little by little filtrate into us and pride can become get in. When pride comes in, then we close the door for the, for the Lord to speak to us and for the enemy, enemy to be able to operate. And bring confusion and, 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 and many other things. Never allow pride into our, into our lives. Um, and the last point that it says, who can be delivered? Well, this is going back to what the young lady that I was speaking about. The ones that can believe, be delivered are the believers and the unbelievers who are willing to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Um, if we would have prayed, I, we had another uh, other experiences too, but it was a, a lady came to us and she said, I've gone to many churches and they're not able to deliver me. And I've come to your church. And for us, it was, it was, um, it was kind of strange. I thought, you know, why aren't any other churches being able to deliver this young lady? I spoke to her. I found out exactly what she was going through. Um, the demons that were tormenting her. She told me her story. So at the end of her story, I says, would you, would you be willing to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And she said, no, I, I don't want to change. I, I'm, I'm fine with my life. I just want to be delivered. And I says, well, then I can't pray for your deliverance. And she got upset at me. She goes, why not? And I said, well, because in order for you, for me to pray for you, it's important that when I pray for you and you are delivered, that the spirit of God comes to reside in your life for you to remain delivered. So what do we know about this? Well, if we go to Luke chapter 11, verse 24 and 26, if you can all read with me, 
uh, if you don't know this scripture, but it's a very important scripture to understand the importance of being careful when we pray for people, not readily go, let's going to pray for all the demon blessed people, but then you don't have a program ready to bring them into, into the, uh, into the fold to become uh, believers of Christ, to, to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. And it says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh and he finds it swept in garnish, meaning the Holy Spirit is not residing in that place. It's empty. Then he go, then goeth he, and he takes to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter into that person. They dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. Now, that is why it's so important. This is a very important thing when casting out demons. Never cast out a demon of people that are not willing to accept Jesus Christ. Always tell them, were you willing to accept Jesus Christ as a savior? Are you willing to begin to receive um, Bible studies and understand the plan of salvation of the Lord for your life? If they say yes, then go ahead and pray for them. If they say no, then you need to leave them alone because then you will become responsible for their condition that will be worse than it was in the first time. Jesus doesn't want that for anyone. That is, would be the worst condition ever for this person. It is the most dangerous thing that anybody can fall into. That's why it's so important that we, as Christians, we also love and understand these people and desire for them deliverance, but also desire that they don't get worse in their condition that they are. I tell the person, I'm sorry, you're going to have to remain in that condition that you are until you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because, and I explained this scripture to them. I told that lady, I says, I will not be responsible for your condition will become worse. And I said, to the point that they will kill you, they will destroy you. I cannot have that in my conscience. I said, that's why I cannot, we cannot pray for you. But when you have decided to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you want to know the plan of salvation for your life and how much he loves you, Come back, and we'll be waiting for you with open arms. So you leave the door open for them and let them know that you're there to help them. You want to. Jesus loves them, and Jesus has a plan of salvation for them. Jesus wants to deliver them, but they have to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is a very important um, in when praying for and casting out demons. Now, um, there's... Also different uh, types of demons. There's, as we have spoke about, the demons that can possess the person or the oppression or influencing in their lives. And also there's what we call human spirits. And there's a lot of information in that area that I think that maybe uh, that can be for another time. (laughs) uh, Because I think we've gone pretty long in this area. But one of the things that's so important is that you seek to discern the spirits. Seek to the gift of discerning the spirits. It's so important in the church. And pray, as the word of God says, without ceasing. That is so important. Pray without ceasing. Um, And so also remember that we have to be careful to renew our mind constantly. And understand that God uh, wants the best for our life. And um, uh, 
and also the best for all of us. So um, I don't know, but Greg, if, if that's, um, this is kind of the information that I have and this is advices and guidance. I hope that, I mean, there's, I know that anybody has questions, you're, I'm up for questions. Uh, so 